Time it! Hello and welcome to Time In, a researcher's take on live action roleplay. Welcome to this new intro. My name's Anna Millen and in this episode we will look at how to get the greatest emotional impact out of your roleplay experience while also staying safe and negotiating emotional bleed. Emotional bleed in LARP refers to your character's feelings or actions impacting on your out-of-character self and vice versa. For example, if your character loses a comrade in game and is obviously very upset about it, you as a person can carry that grief away into your daily life and continue being very upset and thinking about it, even though you're no longer in the field playing that character. This topic is of particular interest to me because I am currently engaged in a plotline which does result for me in a lot of emotional bleed between my character Kandara and myself. That bleed is both in terms of my interaction with other people and also just processing some personal stuff. And I am joined today by two fellow curious pastime LARPers, Tom Holsmith and Liliane Moffat, who play characters that are involved with mine in this emotional plotline. And we'll talk in more details about what bleed is, what drama play is, and how we negotiate personal boundaries and what our experiences are with the various mechanics that enable us to emote safely. We've had such a productive discussion in this episode that it will be split into two parts, with the next part that goes into more detail about our characters and their journeys airing next week, hopefully. But now we're going to take a closer look at Bleed itself and the various anxieties surrounding LARP. Hello, guys. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Lily. Are you here? Uh, I don't know. You definitely are. We can hear you. Okay. Hello. Bye, Hello. Hello. I'm appreciating your professional setups. Professional. Renovated kitchen. Oh, you've got a LARP dagger in the background and everything. Yeah, I had a job interview recently and didn't realise that was there. Anyway, let's 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 crack on with this. We three represent fairly different LARPing journeys. Tom has been in the field for years and is a plot writer and ref with the Algaia faction at CP. Lily has only started attending Curious Pastimes last year, and I've been LARPing for six years, but I've only played CP for one season. Despite that, we found that we all experience bleed to some extent. So I've got this definition from Marcus Montola's The Positive Negative Experience in Extreme Roleplay of bleed, and that's participants often engage in roleplaying in order to step inside the shoes of another person in a fictional reality that they consider consequence-free. However, roleplayers sometimes experience moments where their real-life feelings, thoughts, relationships, and physical states spill over into their characters and vice versa. And in role-playing studies, that's what you call emotional bleed or just bleed. And we can't fully divorce ourselves from our characters. And of course, because while we LARP, we are still in a social environment, the social interactions happen to ourselves as well as our characters. It's impossible to divorce the two completely. Yeah, I was just watching, I was like refreshing my mind on a YouTube video of a LARP YouTuber or a, a woman who's known for doing a lot of LARP videos called Casa Marie. 
And she said that for love, it's kind of like a recreational therapy for her. And it's very personal. And when she creates characters, she likes putting elements in that she wants to work on on herself in both out of character and in character. And I've started to adapt that into how I do love myself being more out there, not caring what people think, confidence and how people react to that. Although I find it challenging when people challenge it, which is what they're supposed to do in love. And then my real world feelings, I really know what to do. For me, that's what I'm really exploring in love. Plus, in terms of what bleed is, the system, like the, the aim of LARP is to get us emotionally invested in the story and the characters. So presumably that's a kind of bleed as well. So for you guys, where do the boundaries lie between bleed just being a kind of normal thing that happens during LARP and bleed as this harmful, extreme emotion and confusion between your fictional characters and yourselves? I definitely find it quite hard to get out of it. I've noticed the past three events, it will take me a few days post-event to really get back into my normal mindset because, like, after all of it, I am drained. But I find it a really weird experience. As someone who comes from an acting background and, you know, played characters, I find LARP weirdly more personal and self-affecting than playing a character where I I know what the script is and I know what's going to happen. So I know that it's not me personally. It's not going to hurt me because I'm ready for that. And I let myself react naturally in the moment. But at the end of the day, I know that it's not me. Whereas LARP has this weird social context put into it where it is more personal because people are reacting to you as your character rather than just your character. Definitely. I just can leave. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. It, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, you raise an interesting question about how acting is different from LARP. And I think the physical intensity of LARP has quite a lot to do with it. If a play is at most, what, two, three hours, then a LARP weekend where you're likely to be almost nonstop immersed in an environment really forces you to lower a lot of boundaries between your character or your persona and yourself yeah that's exactly right because even on set you know you're shooting a scene maybe for five to ten minutes at a time you break you go back to normal and then you're right back into it doing the exact same thing again whereas laugh unless you physically take yourself out of the in-character area which can be what huge how big is how big is cp's site oh god acres like 45 acres something like that well you have to to physically walk out of that go into the outer character area to be yourself again and then if you're not that you're what 10 a.m to 2 a.m every day your character like that is a weird intense environment Mm. and so navigating those new feelings when you don't know what's going to happen you have no idea what's going to happen you could die you could like walk down the path and your character could die at any moment or your character could start some drama or you know run for their life or something like that yeah i mean i'm very careful to try and make 
love hobby and nothing to do with acting, but the way that it's nothing like acting has really surprised me. I kind of assume that that is why people get very drunk a lot. <laughs> I mean, myself is clear though, I drink loads a lot, far more than I should, because um, it kind of helps like put away that self-awareness a little bit of going, oh, look, I'm sitting in the field playing someone else. Do, do, do. Here I am being wizards. Um, I don't like drinking at LARP. Different horses. I like drinking in general, though. Uh, I'm sitting <laughs> with a glass of wine right now. Um, yeah, I, I find it almost necessary to have a cider or a beer as I arrive on site because that allows me to kind of get over that initial hurdle of I'm quite a solitary person naturally and I don't consider myself very sociable so when I come to LARP and I'm just bombarded with a lot of human contact in order to ease yourself into that I find it helpful to be a little bit tipsy and then I tend to sober up and then continue some period of time sober and then the evening happens and my liver just goes goodbye (laughs) It definitely takes me a good two hours to like feel comfortable when I'm starting the day or going into the LARP for the first time. Um, I get really, really bad anxiety, like awful, you know, pre-job interview kind of anxiety. And then eventually I get used to it, ease myself in and it balances out. But I think maybe alcohol would help. Let's all start drinking. (laughs) Tom, out of the three of us, you've been in the field the longest. I found that pre-game anxiety is a very ubiquitous thing. Is that just oh, yeah. normal? Does everyone have it? It depends. I'm a bit hyperactive, so I wouldn't say that I get anxiety so much, but especially if I'm playing a character that I really enjoy, leading up to it, I'll be I'll be really excited. I'll go and get into kit. I'll be sitting there in my little whatever I'm wearing, being like, oh my God, it's going to be a game soon. Just like sort of like shaking in my chair. Um, because I, so I suppose it's that that is a form of anxiety in its own right. I think I, I, I guess, but yeah, I think that even people that have been playing the same character for for years sometimes do still got like pre-game jitters, especially like especially like the first event of the year. Yeah, and I think that so that is a ubiquitous thing. I think it, I think it fades. It's still a problem, but you kind of just kind of the longer you do it, the better you can have sort of like managing it as a thing and kind of the easier you find it just to go oh well you know i'm just being a bit nervous because i'm just kind of get on with it thing that goes with time were you there when um house demek had their first ic-ish meeting at uh, cpe one last year yes yes i was i almost fainted <laughs> i was so nervous and i think it was either you or jonathan who very kindly got everyone a drink and i was just there sitting with this cup going i am not getting out of this chair ever (laughs) and absolutely no not because of you guys or anything you've said or done you've made me feel very welcome despite knowing absolutely nothing about me but just the idea of coming into a new group into a new system was quite daunting so I guess it's just, it happens to everyone. It's quite normal. 100%. And it's a really interesting thing because a lot of people that have been doing it for ages will say things to you to, to reassure you, which actually aren't very reassuring, I suppose. Like, oh, you can't get LARP wrong. Oh, you know, it's just a game, which actually, if you're if you're really new to it and you haven't really done it before and everything like that, and actually, you can totally get LARP wrong. There's a complex web of social structures and rules you kind of have to learn, just like in any other new sort of... And people say it because they 
they can't remember what it's like to be on the outside so much anymore. So actually, yeah, can get it wrong. And people will go, oh, well, you know, such and such didn't deal with that in a particularly good way. But and it's, it's tough. And it is, I can understand why people get anxious about it, especially trying it for the first time. One of the ways of alleviating this anxiety, especially if you are a new player coming into a potentially fraught role-based scenario, is by communicating, obviously, and by seeking explicit consent from the parties involved about whether they're prepared to commit to a particular scenario. However, on the other side of that is this assumption that seeking consent is breaking immersion and is therefore damaging to the game. So this is from Sarah Lynn Bowman's A Matter of Trust, which is a blog post about LARP and consent on nodaclarp.com. And I quote, while many players laud these consent-based innovations as affording them a greater level of comfort to explore sensitive content, common complaints against consent-based play emerge in LARP communities. Many players feel that rules already level the playing field by providing a non-arbitrary method by which a character can succeed in a scenario. And these players may perceive the introduction of consent-based play as threatening to their preferred style, as it opens the door for individuals to avoid the consequences of their actions and to act unfairly. And another common complaint is this perception that the challenging a scenario that is uncomfortable to a player or a player exiting a scenario uh, that they are not happy with is breaking other people's immersion and interrupting the in-game, um, in-game story. So for you guys, how important is it to preserve consent and do you feel that uh, like negotiating a scenario beforehand or having specific checks uh, within the game to ensure that everyone's happy is damaging or detrimental to your immersion? Only if you're a dick. <laughs> I think consent is really important because if you're role-playing with someone you've never met before or you barely know, things that they say might be too much. They might hit somewhere that shouldn't hit or might go too far than what you're prepared or comfortable to do. So it's always important to check in. And if you're like good friends with someone, you'll feel more safe to try more things because it's not real. Or even if it's not real, you can't determine what the other person's going to do. And if they don't do, if they do something you don't like that hurts you or harms you in some way, how are you meant to be prepared for that? So I think it's always good to check in and, you know, I take more risk with people that I know or that I feel safe role-playing with because it is a very vulnerable state to be in. Um, and I think it is super important. I like to have lots of conversations if we're deciding on showing a plot, what our limits are, what what we're comfortable with, what we're not comfortable with, what we don't want to happen to our characters. Because, again, as I was saying before, I've seen the fallout of that as well, where I've heard the fallout of what happens if, you know, someone betrays someone, because we are very precious with characters, it's very personal, and it's very vulnerable. So you don't have to do it with every interaction, but you need to be careful, because these are real people at the end of the day. This is a really tough one for me, because I write plot and things like that. There are certain aspects of plots and that kind of thing that you can't share with people before they go out, because it will, because it will change the way that they interact with the plot because they'll have time to prepare for it and i'm not i'm i think we're very we're we don't want to say uniquely privileged but we're privileged in 
certainly in the sins that I play in. Um, but I think I would think it's probably fair to say more in LARP in general that most people in positions of authority in a LARPing environment are fairly with it in terms of what is acceptable and what's not acceptable and topics that that you shouldn't touch with a barge pole and topics that are okay. And don't be wrong, there are plenty of there are plenty of times when that there are lines that are crossed. But I think generally on a level we've got it that that every across the board it's pretty all right. But the consent versus uh, versus knowledge thing, I think the only thing that I can say is that I think it's if it's one to one interaction like with us, it's really easy for us just to kind of go yeah and kind of sort and sort everything out. But in a field with people you're not you know you don't know, it's it's a lot harder. So. I think it's just a case of using your common sense and like for example i personally wouldn't go into a scenario with people i didn't know and raise a con raise a topic which i knew could be controversial for some people because i know that that could affect some people badly i would feel free to non-consensually do other things that that i would view to be you know above board but aggressive, you know, I you know I might shout somebody or stab someone with a knife um, or uh, talk down somebody if I'm playing a noble or or try to be scary to someone um, and and intimidating if if that's what I'm trying to achieve. But I there are you know there are obviously topics um, like abusive topics and everything that that I, that I personally would choose to stay away from because I'm not sure how that would interact with people plus it's nasty and I don't like doing it um, so. can I can I put in a little side to that um, there was this big event that happened recently that I was involved in I don't know any of the people involved in but one character one well-known character was captured by a group of characters and was apparently tortured Obviously, I don't know how much roleplay was acted out, but I know personally I would not be comfortable with that, and that would freak me out. And I think that's one of the situations where consent is needed, or if you know them very well and you know you can do that. I've also been shouted at, and I've cried from it, which I didn't know was going to happen, but apparently enemy does not like being shouted at. Um, I find that quite emotionally distressing. You know, you don't know that till you check in with someone. So yeah, yeah. absolutely, and it's and it's really difficult to check in with everybody, and everybody's got different limits, haven't they? I guess so. The only thing that I would do, the only thing I would say is like, if I would say that the communication is of utmost importance, and thing, if if someone were to do something to me that I were to feel crossed some kind of line, I would have a think about it, think about how I was acting and whether it was, you know, whether actually what they were doing was okay or not. But if it really bothered me, I'd go and talk to them. And hopefully then at least with that person, that same scenario is unlikely to repeat itself. I think what we are touching on here with the specificity of certain triggers or certain uh, sensitive topics to the individual and the difficulty to constantly check in with everyone or to be able to appropriately allot your various behaviors is that negotiating with yourself is as important as negotiating with other players. LARP is a social environment. When you enter it, you have to be prepared that there will be some things that you will not find comfortable. And being aware what those are, 
being able to flag them up or to avoid situations where those things are likely to occur. For instance, if you're uncomfortable being around drunk people, maybe don't stay by the campfire late into the night, find a different spot or find a group of people where you'd feel more secure or comfortable. Yeah, stuff like that. Being very, I guess LARP is a wonderful opportunity to learn about your boundaries and how to set them in a productive manner. As well as how to push them. Yes, definitely. Push your own boundaries, not other people's. Yeah, exactly. We should have that on a t-shirt. I think this is a good place to pause the episode just to give you guys some breathing time and some thinking time about the concepts of emotional bleed and seeking consent and various ways in which it can be done. The second part of the episode will deal more closely with our own specific case and with how we negotiated our boundaries. But again, we're not making a manual, we're just sharing how we've chosen to do things and what has worked and what hasn't. So hopefully you'll check that out too when that lands. But for now, I bid you a very nice evening. And remember, plot can't kill what plot can't catch.